0: this week on Together for Salem.
1: And often what happens when a pastor or a church talks about marriage and we kind of hold it up as like, this is the ideal of following Jesus is having a, being in a marriage and having kids and a family. And this is how everyone's supposed to be. That's not what we're saying here. We're not holding it up as the best or the only way to follow Jesus. But for a lot of us, this is a relationship that we are in, that is in and really affects our entire life. And the intensity of the marriage relationship really sheds light on practical ways to be better at all other relationships. So whether you're married or not, I think this episode's gonna have something for you.
0: And it's not a bottle of champagne. <laughs> I hear something in front of me. Surprise! Oh, Valentine's
2: happy nachos. Valentine's Day. I know you love many things in the world, but not too many more than nachos.
0: Happy Valentine's Day weekend. Happy
2: Valentine's Day weekend. Welcome
0: to Together for Salem. You've got some jazz playing in the background. What is that?
2: That's oh, a little cannonball adderley. Oh, cannonball adderley. Yeah. Something else.
0: Something else. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome. Welcome to episode 47 of Together for Salem. I'm Monica, this is my groom, Aaron, my Valentine.
2: Thank you. I I was gonna ask you if you'd be my Valentine.
0: We actually don't really like Valentine's Day. (laughs) So this isn't a Valentine's Day episode. No. But But I
2: thought I'd surprise you with nachos.
0: And thank you. I will eat them, but I won't crunch them in the microphone. This isn't ASMR, sorry guys. (laughs) We are in our part two of our Illogical Love series. Yes. So this one is about marriage. So don't go away if you're not married. Right. And you don't want to be or you aren't yet or whatever. That's okay. This episode, th- what John has to say, applies to, it can apply to any relationship. That's right. And you've been around marriages. Mm-hmm. So whether it, you as a child and your parents or friends. Right. We think it'll be helpful. Yes. We think you'll find something in here that will help you no matter what your current situation is. So, thanks for watching, thanks for tuning in, thanks for giving us a go, and we're going to come back on the other side with some giveaways. We're going to talk about that welcome form, yep. and a few other things. So, enjoy part 2 of A Logical Love. Yes.
1: Love. We love love, right? We love this idea of love and the world needs love. And when you find that person that you just fall in love with, you, you just got hit by the love bus or shot by Cupid Sparrow. And you just love the feeling of love. And we think it's just this thing that happens to us, right? Something we fall into something we fall out of, but that's not real love. Those are feelings, those are infatuations. That has to do with how much we drink or how the person smells or, or what mood we're in. Real love, as we saw if you watched the last episode, Jesus' love is much deeper than that. See, Jesus' love is prioritizing a person over our personal priorities. Prioritizing a person over our personal priorities, meaning we give ourselves up for them. And this whole idea of Jesus' love that we're talking about in this illogical love series, it can really go against our our natural desires and our our natural instincts of self-preservation because it's about giving up what we want, not looking out for our own interests, but the interests of others. And that can often seem illogical. But as we saw in the last episode, this type of love, this is the love that actually brings true joy. Lasting joy, not this fleeting infatuation type of love. See, Jesus' love is is practical. It's day-to-day. It's not this magical, wispy, out-there-in-the-universe type thing. It's not just an idea, but it's something we choose to do for the people right in front of us. And really what this all boils down to is relationships. And something you probably know is the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. The quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. Think about it. We think what will make us happy is more money and more prestige and more uh, opportunities and that type of stuff. But we all know the stories of tremendously successful, wealthy people who are miserable. And we know of people who don't have very much, but they're happy and they're content because of their relationships. And so what does this love, Jesus' love, this illogical love, what does it look like on this practical basis? What does it look like in our our day-to-day interactions, in our actual, real, in front of us, relationships? That's what we're going to talk about for the next three episodes. And in this episode, we are going to talk about probably the most, if not probably one of the most, intense relationships a human can be in. Is a relationship that really puts all of our other relationship skills to the test. And that's marriage. Now, if you're not married, I think this episode is still gonna have something for you because what we're gonna talk about really gives insight into all other relationships. And often what happens when a pastor or a church talks about marriage, and we, we kind of hold it up as like, this is the ideal of following Jesus is having a, being in a marriage and having kids and a family, and this is how everyone's supposed to be. That's not what we're saying here. We're not holding it up as the best or the only way to follow Jesus. But for a lot of us, this is a relationship that we are in that is intense and really affects our entire life. And the intensity of the marriage relationship really sheds light on practical ways to be better at all other relationships. So whether you're married or not, I think this episode's going to have something for you. And if you think about marriage, it's interesting. (laughs) I know that's an interesting, an interesting way to say, something about marriage. It's interesting. See, we see failed marriages all around us. Maybe you are, you know, you've, you've had one or you grew up in one, but we see failed marriages all around us. But when we decide to get married, all of us expect our marriage to be different. See, we all expect our marriage to be better than what we know to expect. Like we know marriages fall apart, but we don't expect ours to. See, no one goes into their marriage on their wedding day or whatever saying, you know, I give us, I give us three years tops. Like this will be a good run for a year and a half and then it'll get rough. And I give us three years tops. Nobody says that. Nobody goes into it saying, you know, I hope we slowly slip into like living separate lives in the same house, just being roommates. And I hope we end up just, just really holding on just for the kids. See, nobody actually says that, but so many of us fall into that because at some point real life catches up and things get, Difficult, right? Real life happens. Two very different people are having to make one very connected life. And so the question is, how do we have Jesus's type of love in this intense day-to-day, every moment, almost, relationship? How do we show Jesus's love in this type of relationship? What's awesome is the Apostle Paul tells us. He tells us in a letter he wrote to Jesus followers in the Roman province of Ephesus. He probably wrote it around 62 AD. We call it the book of Ephesians. It's a letter the apostle Paul wrote to Jesus followers in Ephesus. And in this letter, a section of it, he's talking about what a Jesus follower marriage looks like. What marriage between two Jesus followers should look like. Now, if you're watching this and you're kind of checking out the Jesus thing or the church thing or whatever, and you're not—you wouldn't call yourself a Jesus follower. I want to tell you, you are completely off the hook with what with what Paul says here. You don't have to do any of it. Nobody, Paul, Jesus, nobody's expecting you to do anything that Paul says here. But I think that these are good principles. That whether you follow Jesus or not, these are principles that would really help you in your relationships and especially in your marriage. So, my uh, advice or recommendation would be to try it out, because. In my experience, these principles actually work. Now, if you are a Jesus follower, the opposite is true for you. You are not off the hook for what Paul is about to write or say. So we probably need to pay attention. And again, if you're not married, you're also not so much off the hook because this applies to pretty much every relationship. And so this section we're gonna look at, Paul is explaining what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a Jesus follower and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, what that looks like to allow the Holy Spirit of God to transform you into being more like Jesus. So before we really dive in, this is important. I think we have to have two caveats as we look at this, that this teaching, this thing we're gonna talk about, this um, passage we're gonna read, it is for you, you personally who is watching this. This is not for them or your spouse who's not watching it. This isn't like, man, I wish they could watch this, or you really need to see this. No, you are the one watching this. For whatever reason, God made it you watching this. So this is for you, not them. And then B, you're likely going to be offended by this. And being offended is kind of a big thing these days, but it's okay that you're offended. I would, I would uh, encourage you to keep watching, to keep listening to this because I think you might get offended but I'm going to make it better. Paul's going to make it better. We're going to, need to explain it to you And so in order to get there, please have patience, maybe practice careful listening and as always have an open mind to what this really means. And so what is, what does Paul say about Jesus following relationships? Well here's how he starts off this section. He says and further so he was talking about what it means to be a Jesus follower and have the Holy Spirit transforming you. He says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And what that little sentence means, it's so full of meaning. What it means is all Jesus followers, if you follow Jesus, all Jesus followers are called to or required to submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus. Submission is such a weird mean word sometimes. It kind of has this weird connotation, right? But what this word really is meaning, what Paul's trying to say is submission is willingly giving all of me for what benefits you the most. Willingly giving all of me for what benefits you the most. He says we should do that for each other out of reverence for Jesus, meaning being in awe we are in awe of what jesus did for us how he submitted himself who was god he was god Yet he chose to submit himself for us and so in reverence in awe of that we follow his example so really it means this every jesus following relationship needs to be defined by submission That is like the hallmark of a Jesus-following relationship. And now everything that comes after this sentence is an application of what that submission looks like. What does this submission, which is the standard for every Jesus follower, what does that look like in our marriage is the next thing he's going to talk about. And this next sentence, I got to kind of warn you, this next sentence is the most controversial, one of at least, the most controversial, misused, abused, and misunderstood sentences in the entire New Testament writings. This sentence that I'm about to read to you might be why you left Christianity. It might be why you never wanted anything to do with Christianity, and I understand that. And it's actually, there's a good reason for you to feel that way, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But I just wanted to prepare you, so are you ready for this sentence? Here's what Paul says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Keep watching, keep listening. It's offensive, right? Wives submit. And so often, maybe if you've grown up in church, you don't hear verse 21 very often. The first sentence about everybody submitting to each other, you just hear this part. And that might be why it gives you that feeling, but... That can be offensive, wives submit to your husbands. I mean, at least that makes you uncomfortable a little bit somewhere, right? For many of us, it does. Do you know why that might offend you? Do you know why that makes you a little bit uncomfortable? Jesus. See, this idea of wives submitting to husbands was not controversial in current Roman society when this was written. This was like no big deal. Wives and children were legal property of their husbands and fathers. So wives, if somebody would say, wives submit, well, yeah, of course they submit. That's what wives are supposed to do. And if she doesn't submit, that means that the husband is weak and hasn't made her submit yet. That's offensive. It should be offensive. See, Jesus started that change of why that now offends us. See, for Jesus, when Jesus was, was doing his ministry, women were among his most important followers. We read about them all the time. In fact, we have a whole passage about Jesus teaching Mary, just like he taught the other disciples, putting her on an equal level with these guys learning about the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus relied on women to be the first eyewitnesses of his resurrection. The pivotal moment in human history, he relied on women whose whose eyewitness accounts weren't admissible in court. He relied on their eyewitness account to tell the rest of the disciples that Jesus was risen from the dead. And so, the, if, you, if you really look into it, the idea of equality of the sexes in our society is a direct result of Jesus' teachings, attitudes, and actions towards women. So, if you're offended by that, it's because your emotions, your, your thinking, your intelligence has been affected by Jesus' example and teachings. So with that, then, what is Paul saying with this idea of wives submit to your husband? Well, first, I think we have to undo some things we've heard. First, we have to look at what Paul is not saying in this sentence. He is not telling every woman to submit to every man. He is not saying men are superior to women. He is not saying wives are inferior to husbands. And he is not saying wives obey your husbands. Wives, do everything your husband wants whenever he wants it. And listen very carefully. Paul is not saying women have to allow themselves to be abused physically, sexually, or emotionally. That goes against everything Jesus teaches. So what Paul is saying, what is he saying? Paul is saying that every Jesus-following wife regardless of her age, her education, her status, her spiritual maturity, or anything else, shows Jesus' love by voluntarily submitting to her husband. See, submission is a voluntary choice between two co-equals. Submission is a voluntary choice between co-equals. See, remember, submission is the... The Jesus definition of submission is willingly choosing to give all of me for what benefits you the most. Well, why should I do that? I mean, why why would I submit to him? Well, according to this, it's not because he deserves it. Just so you know, the statistics are out. Ten out of ten husbands do not deserve to be submitted to. It's not because he demands it. It's voluntary. Why do... Wives, submit as to the Lord. See, when a wife submits, it's for her husband. When you submit to your husband or for your husband, you're submitting to or for Jesus. You're submitting to Jesus. You're submitting for Jesus. Basically, you are allowing Jesus to love your husband through you. You're giving up all of you for what benefits him the most. It's not just giving him whatever he wants and doing whatever he says. Would that benefit him the most? No. So Paul's saying, if she is willing to let the Holy Spirit work through her in her marriage, it will look like this kind of submission. Now, if you're still watching or listening, you're awesome. I just want to push a little bit further. Well, actually, I just want to read a little bit more of what Paul writes. And here's what he says. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ... So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Ooh. That, just, that just hits us wrong, doesn't it? Again, this, is, this sentence, these sentences have been misused and abused for centuries to force wives to do anything the husband wants. It's been, these sentences have been used by insecure men to try to control their wives by holding religion and, and the Bible over their head. That is not what Paul is talking about here. Yeah, he says that the head of the the wife is the husband. He says that, yes. The husband has, in a spiritual sense, a leadership in this relationship. But in Jesus' kingdom, do you know what leadership means? It doesn't mean you get your way. (laughs) It means the opposite. It doesn't mean you get to tell everybody what to do. In Jesus' kingdom, leadership is defined by giving everything you are to serve others. If you want to be great in Jesus' kingdom, you become the slave of all, he said. And so the attitude of a Jesus follower is to submit in all things. So just as the church submits to Jesus, wives submit to their husbands. Again, in the first century, when Paul's writing this, no one would be offended by this. They would have just brushed it over. They wouldn't have spent this much time talking about it because they'd be like, well, yeah, of course, that's, that's what wives do. The controversial part would actually be the next sentence that I'm going to read, if you can believe it. So here's, here's what Paul writes. This is the part that would have gotten him like kicked out of the, the city center or whatever. So he's saying, For husbands, this means, for husbands, this idea of everyone submitting to everyone. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And you're thinking, well, yeah. Why wouldn't I love my wife? That's kind of like the point, right? Of course I love her. But back then this is scandalous. This is way too liberal. Paul's being way too progressive with this idea of husbands loving their wives. Why? Because Paul is saying every Jesus following husband submits to his wife. He submits to his wife. He submits his entire life to his wife by loving her as Jesus loved the church. And he explains what that means. How did Jesus love the church? Every decision Jesus made was for the good of the church, the good of those who would follow him. Jesus gave up, Jesus who was God for eternity, gave up all of his rights, all of his privileges, all of his own priorities, gave up his entire life to serve, and die for the church he never said oh i deserve more than this or my rights say that i should do no he gave up everything for the church he submitted himself to god the father for the church see a husband who loves his wife like jesus loved the church gives up everything for her this love is so so much more than emotional feelings or physical attraction it means giving up your energy your time your attention it means an emotional investment actually being vulnerable with your wife and then paul takes this idea of marriage and he says that somehow it's it's mysterious he says somehow this idea of submission to each other and the wives submitting the husbands and the husband submitting his life for his wife is a picture of jesus and the church he says that when people look at a jesus followers marriage that operates on this type of submission they should get a glimpse of jesus's relationship with the church because when, when we choose to submit to each other like this, we not worrying about our own wants, not even really worrying about our own needs, it shows that we trust God to take care of us while we focus on the good of the other. See, we aren't worried about or, or fighting for what we deserve or what we want or what we even need. It means we, we trust God will take care of all of that. He knows what we need. He knows what what we want even. And so we can give that up. We're not worried about that. And so we concern ourselves with what the other person deserves, wants, needs. If you really think about it, if you're a Jesus follower, it's this. Our level of submission reveals our level of trust. If you truly trust God, then you would submit yourself to others like we've been called to do and just allow God to take care of you while you let him love others through you. Our level of submission to others reveals our level of trust in God. And then Paul kind of closes this whole passage in this way. He kind of sums up, he rephrases it even. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So for husbands, submitting Paul says, looks like loving your wife as you love yourself. So what does that mean? Well, you always give yourself the benefit of a doubt, don't you? Like, "Well, I didn't really mean to say it that way." "Well, of course I love her." I mean, I, I didn't I didn't mean to do that, that in that form or whatever. You give yourself the benefit of a doubt. You don't get angry with yourself when you misspeak. You believe the best in yourself and you give your wants and your needs personal attention don't you so the attention you give yourself the attention you give your hobbies the attention you give your work the attention you give your reputation or anything else is what you give her that's what submitting looks like that's what loving looks like and wives paul's saying submitting looks like respecting your husband Respecting his opinion and his, his role, both publicly and privately. And so how do we do this? How do we like make this part of our life? How do we have this kind of submission and this type of love in our marriages? Well, I, I think we have four steps we can do. First, I would advise reading Philippians 2, 3 through 8, once a day this week. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. And it says this, don't be selfish. I mean, we could stop there, right? If you want to have a good marriage, those three words don't be selfish. But he goes on Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God is something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross." That is our example to be a slave for others. So read that once a day this week. And then ask, what does submitting look like right now? Especially in those heated moments. Remind yourself to ask, but I would say after reading this and and thinking about the day to come or the day you've had, Ask, what does submitting look like right now? What does submitting look like in this relationship right now? And it's not something you ask them when they're being unreasonable. You don't say, well, what does submitting look like right now? (laughs) That's not how it works. You ask yourself, what does submitting look like right now? And so read, ask, and then pray. Say, Holy Spirit, please empower me to submit like this. Empower me to do it. What does submitting look like right now? And then Holy Spirit, please empower me to do it. And then step four, do it. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Husbands, what this might look like, what this does look like is her needs, her wants supersede yours. So that might mean you spend quality time with her instead of your own friends or your or your hobbies or your work or whatever it is you're spending your time on. It means spending quality time with her. It might mean taking her thoughts, her opinions into account for all of your decisions. Yes, all of your decisions. As Jesus said, you are now one flesh. You, so you take her thoughts and her opinions into account for all of your decisions. And it means considering how your decisions will affect You're not just the head. You are part of a unit. You are one flesh. Like I said, it means listening to her heart and praying for her when she doesn't know you're praying for her and praying with her. There's something that happens when couples hear each other, pray for each other out loud together. That is amazing. I would say it's magical, but we kind of went against the whole magical idea, but it is praying with each other does something for your relationship. You are willing to die for her, aren't you? I know you are. You're a good guy. You are willing to die for your wife. But are you willing to live for her every day? Are you willing to submit your daily life to her? How do you know? Well, what is life to you? What is it? Man, I am all about, this is my life. What is life to you? Put her before that. That's what it means to be willing to live, to give up your life. For her Wives, what this might look like, what respecting your husband looks like might be choosing not to belittle him, both publicly and privately, but actually talking him up. You don't have to lie. You don't have to belittle him either. It means not joining in when, when other wives complain about their husbands or, or gossip about their husbands, but speaking respectfully to him and about him. It might mean choosing to actually talk, not yell, but talk about what is bothering you. Not bottling it up and just saying, well, you should know or anything like that, but actually being willing to be vulnerable and talk to him about maybe something he did that bothered you. It means going out of your way to tell him the good things he does. You don't have to just, you know, gloss it over and say, oh, you're perfect, but Instead of just saying, hey, you know, this, you messed up here or this was wrong, but going out of your way to tell him the good things he does, looking for the good things he does. And maybe listening to him instead of telling him what you want him to do, but listening to his heart. And then again, praying for him when he doesn't know and praying with him, allowing him to pray with you. See, as as a favorite pastor of mine, Andy Stanley, would say, a Jesus-following marriage is a submission competition. If you want to have a Jesus following marriage, then you make your marriage a submission competition. Think about it. What if all of your fights weren't about you getting your own way or what you deserve and all that, but all your fights were about the other person trying to submit to the other person. Like, no, you go first. No, you go first. No, I want to do this for you. No, I want to do this for you. What if that was your fights? Those were your fights. Wouldn't that be amazing? Question, wives, future wives what if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that your husband would willingly die for you and you saw that he was willing to live for you daily does he get it perfect no no but you know that that is his goal in life to live for you daily that he's willing to give up anything for your good what if he truly listened to your thoughts to your opinions to your feelings not just to you know get what he wants but because he truly cherished you what if he wasn't afraid to make a decision but he listened to you and he's willing to change his mind based on your thoughts and your feelings and and he wasn't defensive or argumentative or or easily angered and he was completely faithful that his definition of beauty was you inside and out would that be a man who'd be difficult to willingly submit to and husbands think about it what if your wife could describe you like that and what if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that your wife respected you both in private and in public What if you knew she was not bad mouthing you with friends, not gossiping about you, but talking you up, saying the good things about you when other wives maybe are complaining. And when she does call you on your, on your stuff, on the things you mess up on because we're not perfect. What if you knew and could trust 100% that she's saying it not to belittle you, not to nag you, but it's to encourage you because she sees who you truly are. She sees who you can become, who you're becoming. She sees the best in you. And so she's saying this to encourage you, to strengthen you, to make you even more of who you can be. What if you knew no matter what happened, she was on your team, that she had your back, no matter what the world threw at both of you. Would that be a woman who it'd be difficult to submit your life for, submit your life to? So all of us, let's do the illogical thing. Let's submit to each other. Let's rely on the Holy Spirit to love each other through us. And don't forget, if you're a Jesus follower, you go first. It's up to us to take that first step of love and submission. Jesus followers go first because the best marriages are based on illogical love.
0: Oh, of course. Back
2: with another treat. That's right. Another thing that you love almost as much as me. Cheers, babe.
0: To you. Uh, Thanks, John. Thank you for that. Submission competition. That's right. Sounds fun. Uh, And practical. That can happen, like we said, at the top in any relationship, but it applies to marriage
2: here especially. It does. Yeah.
0: And then the challenge to read a portion of Bible, pray, and then put it into action, which is great.
2: And see what happens see what happened it almost rhymed it was super close you were
0: but... close <sighs> dang it i appreciate you trying trying to rhyme
2: trying, trying. yeah
0: okay so thank you for watching this episode of together for salem aaron and i just have a couple things to tell you about mm. which one do you want to talk about
2: well we have the giveaway for this week
0: okay yes to uh Orchard salem
2: yes downtown mm. such an awesome place who yep. gets to win that this week julie O. julie O.
0: congratulations julio oh my gosh We'll be getting you your $25 gift card. Yeah. She entered on Instagram. She was an Instagram winner. Oh, that is
2: one of the ways. I just that pull you.
0: randomly from Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Okay.
2: We've even gotten emails. Hey, I really would, I would really like that food. Yep. And you but can enter whatever. this
0: week in the same way. You can yes. email us at info@yourcrosscreek.com. Or. Or comment on a social media post that's talking about the giveaway. Do you want to talk about this week's giveaway? Do you want to introduce it? Do you remember what it is?
2: We just talked about
0: it. We did. I'll give you a hint.
2: Oh, Danny's on the green. Yeah, that's a great. Sp- I think the last time I was there, I had the Reuben. It was really good. Yeah. I had. A, I think I had a, a French dip. Oh, I bet that was marvelous. Yeah.
0: A very not a very ladylike thing to order, about man, it was I good. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Because you do. can't
2: overlook the golf course. It's very yes. classy. I'm sorry. Anyway, who? Yes, we're giving that away. this Danny's
0: week. on the green. Danny's so, on enter the on the social green. media. Yeah. Yeah, we can go on and on about menu items we're clearly hungry probably I don't know. shouldn't do that right Yeah. okay okay what else what else well we got our other three things that we like to tell people about oh the big one is our luggage uh, drives yes. luggage for foster care uh, We we're at like 12 pieces of luggage and we haven't even had the dates of drop-off yet so if you're one of those people you're like the 21st and the 28th I can't make it I can't drop off luggage on those dates send us an email send us a DM or a PM or any kind of M mm-hmm. and we will figure out a way to get that luggage from you it's for a great cause a great reason for great people uh, kids in foster care so got um, yeah, extra r- nice luggage
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah or new or like new luggage we would yes. love to uh, take that from you and give it so that's what we're doing this week or this month in February luggage yep. luggage of love
2: there's your for Salem opportunity right
0: yep. there. hit the link in the show notes for listening on the podcast um, you can find out more about that. And if, if you're you, new, yep,
2: you can fill out the welcome card, and we'll send you a free five dollar gift card hmm. for Starbucks just for telling us, hey, I'm new. We love what you're doing. I love nachos too.
0: You don't even have to say that. <laughs>
2: you don't. Have, you can make that up. That could be make believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There, there's lots of things on the welcome form for you. That's true. You can Podcast give us all kinds of information. And YouTubers, yeah. We'll,
2: we'll pray for you. You can tell us you're interested in groups and all kinds of other things, kind of groups. That's right. We get those
0: messages, it's really fun. Yeah, it is. Fill that
2: out. And lastly, oh, there's also kids content. That's right. Yourcrosscreek.com backslash kids. Yes, that is the URL. That is the URL. Mm -hmm. It's also probably linked here or in the show notes, like the per usual. We'll do it. Yeah.
0: That's right. All right, that's it. You can donate to Cross Creek. We're a nonprofit here in Salem keep a good thing going, um, and it's easy to do Mm -hmm. online. Uh, So check out that link in the show notes as well. We thank you to those of you who are uh, regular givers. That's right. Can I say one more thing?
2: Of course. All right,
0: we want to say-
2: Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, but we also
0: want to say, we want to say happy birthday to our friends John and Liz Silva, who also celebrated their birthdays this last weekend. Yes, happy birthday, John and Liz.
2: This virtual confetti is for you. Or this virtual confetti.
0: Happy birthday. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Happy week of February. Uh, maybe we'll get some interesting weather here in the next couple of weeks of February.
2: So hoping that's true. We're hoping. We'll see.
0: Alright, well. Oh, here's, here's some, some questions. Here are some questions for here's you. Here's some questions. Yeah. Quick lookups. Have a good week. That's it. No. Oh. And it's in the bedroom. I cleaned off my dresser. Oh. Yep. I mean, thank you. You're welcome. So that's awesome. This is Aaron's pet peeve. If you know your spouse, Aaron's is when I have my folded laundry or dirty laundry, just wherever, because that's how I live. Mm-hmm. Well, I cleaned it up for you.
2: I appreciate that. Because
0: marriage is a submission competition.
2: Well, you win. If you're putting that stuff away, you must really love me. I do. Yeah. So much that I'll do
0: the chore that I hate almost the most. The most.